Welcome to another episode of Culture Unfiltered, the podcast that offers an unfiltered take on corporate culture with members of the Paychex family. I'm your host, Deborah Luna. From the quest for innovation to the importance of being responsible, we've got culture covered. So sit back, stay curious, and be here now. Welcome to another episode of Culture Unfiltered. I am your host, Deborah Luna, and I am joined today by Dan Becker. Dan, good morning. Good morning. I am excited to have you in the studio for a couple of reasons that we'll get to in, in a minute. I don't want to, uh, you know, no spoilers. Um, <laughs> but before we get into our history, why don't you tell me about your history with Paychex? Tell me a little bit about you, your role, what you do here, what you've done here. Sure. Uh, so I have been with Paychex for just over four years. Um, I got started off in time and attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, just came in. It was a Q support rep for a couple couple months. Uh, moved on to a little bit more of a senior role there. Um, and now I am on our client uh, relations team okay. for the executives. Okay. Um, so we are handling all of the... Um, uh, complaints that are coming in directly to our executive team. Sure, escalations and things like that. Yep. Um, and for those listening, this may be a familiar voice to you. Dan was on a previous episode of Culture Unfiltered, our appreciation episode, uh, I want to say two and a half years ago, one of our Probably. earliest episodes, right, where we yeah. recognized a couple of employees. You gave uh, mm-hmm. some love to Jeff Norson, who mm-hmm. is, you know, a fan favorite of the Culture yeah. Unfiltered audience, for sure. I take it back now. Yeah. No, <laughs> no he's still a, he's still a wonderful guy. Um, in case he's listening, we, we love you, Jeff. Um, but I want to kind of take it even further, because before you worked at Paychex, before I worked at Paychex, we knew each other. We did. In a former life. And I want to kind of bring the audience in on a little story. So uh, when Dan came into the studio to do that episode that we were just talking about, after the episode wrapped, we were kind of, you know, kibitzing a little bit afterwards, chatting. And I, I kept looking at Dan. I'm like, you have such a familiar face and I don't know why. And he's like, you look really familiar too. And so we went through the whole, where'd you go to school? Da, da, da. Dan's a considerable amount younger than me, uh, which I will you know, say honestly. Uh, so we didn't go to school together and we didn't have any mutual friends and all of the sort of like rudimentary, how do we, how do we know each other things came to pass. And I said, where did you work before this? He said, oh, I worked, you, you mentioned someplace that I didn't recognize and I was like, no, that's not it. And then I was like, where did you work before that? Just like out of out of curiosity. And what was your answer, Dan? L.L. Bean. Dan worked at L.L. Bean. And I. <laughs> it was like memory. It was like the scene in Finding Nemo where like all of Dory's <laughs> memories come flooding back. <laughs> and she suddenly remembers her family. Yeah. It was that. And I was yeah. standing in the shoe department in my mind, in my mind's eye. I was standing in the shoe department of L.L. Bean <laughs> in Victor, New York. And there was Dan. We're probably talking like at this point now in in 2022, 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, easily. Yeah, because yep. it was before I worked at Paychex. Yep. It was before my kids were born. My nephew was a baby, and he's now not a baby anymore, uh, which is how time works. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I you sold me a pair of shoes, but not yeah. only did you sell me a pair of shoes, you were you like consulted. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I walked in mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I need a pair of sandals, and you were like, your sandals. <laughs> right, right. There was a consultative. Yeah. approach there and and I, I say this and you're probably wondering why are we talking about this you know this shoe conversation but we're talking today about integrity 
and being ethical and the importance of that and you know it being one of really the the cornerstone value at paychecks you know what everything else that we do is built on is integrity and and being ethical but and there is a tie in there which i will get to Mm. but the fact that your service the service that you offered at that time and i still have the shoes i by the way i wore them this weekend did you really they were merrell's (laughs) they're merrell's right they're merrell's they're i'm going to shout them out uh in case they want to sponsor a future episode or send me some free (laughs) shoes they were amazing and i say that because what you provided to me at the time at a retail establishment i think has translated to to what the success that you've had at paychecks and and who you are as an individual and what i've come to know you as personally so mm-hmm. i want to make the tie in to service and integrity so the relationship that we had in that conversation of buying shoes which is a transactional conversation mm-hmm. was really mm-hmm. built in my opinion on trust right sure the shoes that i purchased were not inexpensive Mm-hmm. They were really probably the most expensive sneakers, quote unquote, that I had ever purchased in my life. And I needed to trust that you were giving me guidance based on the feedback that I had provided to you of what I what I needed them for, what I was going to be using them for. Um, and so I'm curious what your thoughts are on that experience and the tie between integrity and trust. And can you have one without the other? I want to start there. The the shoe game at L.L. Bean, <laughs> it was an interesting experience because it's not like you're a car salesman or a furniture salesman. You're, you're not under some kind of commissioned mm-hmm. um, role, right? Sure. Um, I'm so happy you bought those shoes. Yes. I'm sure L.L. Bean is happy if you bought those shoes. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't buy those shoes, it was no skin off my back. Right. And in that kind of environment, it's a lot easier I think to sell personally, and this is just from like a a seller's theory and everything like that. We had a lot of different hiking shoes. We have a lot of different sneakers. We have a lot of different, we had all these different things, right? So you could have come in and I could have sold you the $400 pair of pure top grain leather hiking boots, right? That weigh, you know, 50 pounds and just weigh you down to the earth. But that's not what you needed for what you were doing on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Some people need that, right? Some people are going to go hike the Appalachian Trail and they need something that can last that. And right. that's great. And I would have sold that to them. But right. that's not what you needed. Right. So when I think of being ethical, mm-hmm. right, or having some kind of level of integrity, there's always this element of the lack of self, which I think comes forward. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you, right? It has to do with somebody else. Right. For some people, that's difficult, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, especially in a world with social media and everything, a lot of it is very self-centered, self-focused and everything. Mm-hmm. In that moment when I was selling you a pair of shoes, my only goal was to just get the best shoe for the lifestyle you were having in that moment. Sure. Right? And it was easy because if you didn't buy them, I didn't have to worry about you know, my own paycheck, right? I didn't have to worry about my own job or anything like that. Right. I did the due diligence of just making sure I can pair you with the right thing. Right. And it had nothing to do with me. Right. And I was totally out of it. And whenever I think about being ethical or, or having a sense of integrity or anything, it's always that lack of self that's coming in. It's not necessarily yeah. being selfless. Right. And it's not ignoring yourself and ignoring your own needs. Sure. But it's putting the priority on the person you are working with or talking with. Yeah, and not centering yourself in the in the in the conversation. That's that's interesting. And I know, you know, in the conversations that we've had 
about the roles that you've had within the organization. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you've always been in a client facing role. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, those conversations, typically the conversations you're having with clients, especially today, you know, as you mentioned, you're dealing with escalations, you're mm-hmm. dealing with things mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe have already passed a certain degree of of, um, you know, uh, uh, certain levels of conversation that now are at, at the level that they're at with you. Um, so how important is it for you to then take that experience that you had of, of, you know, of selflessness, of integrity, of doing the right thing, of, you know, sort of owning it when it hits your desk? What is that? How does that show up for you now today? You know, can you give us without, you know, getting into too much detail with clients and things like that? Sure, how, sure. how how does it show up, um, you know, for you today in in your role in in the escalation process and i think you touched on something very interesting there when you said that we're kind of getting it after the fact that something has already happened mm-hmm. and that certainly is um a new element of challenge in the um in the conversation yeah right um to go back to the shoe example because that's a quick easy thing um it was really nice that I could get you right at the beginning and get you the right thing right, right at the start. Sure. Right. And it's set, uh, it's set forth a great relationship and a great friendship and uh, a great relationship with the company and all this stuff. Sure. In my current role in an executive escalation role like this, we're normally dealing with things that have already happened. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so there's an element of how do we get the clients back on track with the promises we gave. Right. Right. And the expectations that they have for us. Sure. So a big part of my job, obviously, is talking to the client, but it's also working with the field. It's working Mm -hmm. with the payroll specialists, the supervisors, the managers, and it's working with them to say, this is the promise. This is the service promise we made to the client. Yeah. This is what happened, which either didn't match that or it's client driven and we need to redo our own expectations for the client, something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's all about partnership and working with them and saying, what can we do to make sure that they are in a better place? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And again, that theme of lack of self is coming forward. Right. Right. It might be annoying that I have to respond to an email or get on a phone call and get yelled at. Sure. Nobody likes that. <laughs> Not a highlight. Fun problem. fact, right? Yeah. <laughs> but if it's what the client needs, right. then it's what the client needs. Sure. Right? And we got to do whatever is best by them. Right. And, you know, we, we not just for business reasons, but just for life reasons. Sure. Right? Because it's I, just the right thing to do. It's just the right thing right. to do. Right. And And I will say that I think the idea of what it means to be ethical, good ethics, Mm -hmm. right? That does not begin or start in the workplace. That begins and start in your own personal life. Sure. Right? And it's a little bit subjective, I think. Everybody comes at that from a different perspective. Um, For me, right, it was born out of my faith and it was born out of my family, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. I grew up in a family that was very... Um, focused on helping others and very focused on what can we do for our friends and our colleagues and everything like that. And and that was something that was taught to me at a very young, early age. Yeah, foundational sort of life. Foundational sort of life things. But it's also situational too, right? And um, I was, uh, I I always think back to that train example 
um, where they say, oh, you know, a train's coming. Oh, yeah. It's going to hit one person or five people. It's like, what's it? And it's, so it's very situational and it, and it starts outside um, and, and then you kind of have to bring it in. So yeah. for me, this this is a challenging role, right? There's there's lots of challenges. I'm challenged every day. Yeah. But I think because I have that foundational aspect of what good ethics are, and I'll put that in quotations, yeah. and what it means to be a person of integrity, yeah. those are the kind of themes you need to be able to do this job. And I think any job, anywhere at any time for anybody. Yeah. No, I think I think you, you hit that right on the head. I mean, we talk about the values at Paychex being, yes, they're corporate values and they're things that we all mm-hmm. subscribe to and that we are committed to you know, in our, in our work life, but they are life values. They are, you know, at the, at, at their core, um, having good ethics, having integrity, being a person of your word, doing the right thing when no one's watching, doing the right thing because it's the right thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, even if it's not always the easiest, I mean, you, you know, you hit it there too with, there are, there are challenges in everyone's day to day. Right. And especially where we're at in the world today and how, you know, everything is sort of raw uh, mm-hmm. and everyone is feeling yeah. Um, yeah. exhausted. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, the the conversations that we have with our clients, um, you know, the conversations that our sales reps are having when they're meeting with potential clients, the conversations our recruiters are having with potential candidates, mm-hmm. everyone is bringing so much more to the table than they were, you know, two years ago. And yeah. The escalations I'm sure that you're getting now have this extra element of, you know, because so many businesses felt how quickly things can shift and how quickly things can go sideways um, unexpectedly, there's probably this, you know, vulnerability that didn't maybe exist before that they're bringing to the table too. And and I have to mm-hmm. imagine that, you know, the, the escalations are there's an additional element of um i don't know what the right word is i don't want to say anxiety but there's an there, there's it's up it's it's up at 11 you know like it's up yeah. it's one louder yeah. yeah and and that has to be challenging for the people on the receiving end but then on the opposite side of that talk about what it feels like when that de-escalation does happen and the situation is resolved and you know you are able to quarterback that to a place of resolution. How does that, you know, how does that continue to fuel mm-hmm. you through those more challenging days where, you know, you're picking up the phone and and it's, you know, it, it's a little bit, vi- you know, volatile on the end. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're exactly right. I think it's very easy to look at your client base and you can say, okay, I've got 400 clients. This is their number. Mm-hmm. This is their client number. Um, the situations that I deal with, we see that, uh, what's the phraseology I want to use there? We see that, we, we see things a little bit further beyond that because we understand how the situation is affecting not just our relationship with the client, but how it's affecting their employees. Sure, sure. Right? Um, if there is a winter storm and a paycheck can't get delivered, right? Mm-hmm. That's somebody who doesn't have money that week. Right. That's a big deal. Yeah. Right. So in my role, I see a lot of that. And I think I see a lot of how it is personally affecting um, the employees or the administrators on the account or the owners, the president, CEO, all of that. So when I get a chance and an ability to de-escalate, 
it means the world, mm-hmm. right? Because we're essentially taking a, like you said, a volatile situation. And we're taking a situation where somebody says, I didn't get a paycheck this week. Mm-hmm. And that is affecting my life and X, Y, and Z. Yep. When we can take that and we can partner with the field and then we can bring that down, mm-hmm. we then see how that positively affects not the client, not the relationship between business to business, but how that affects you know, Jane Doe. Yeah. Right. Who needs that paycheck. Sure. And, and when you're thinking of, you know, what's the ethically appropriate thing to do in this kind of situation, what I encourage people do and what I tell myself to do on a daily basis is say, I'm not doing this for paychecks, Mm -hmm. not doing this for the business relationship. Sure. I'm doing this for Jane Doe. Yeah. Right. Who needs that paycheck to make sure she can get her medicine or go grocery shopping or whatever she needs that for, sure. right? The other stuff, right? The relationship between business to business, the money, the the good business outstanding, that all comes after the fact. Right. If you're treating the core of the problem correctly and appropriately. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's what I try to continue my focus on. Um, and I also, you know, on, on that level of making it personal, do you talk to your clients the same way you talk to your grandma? That's what I ask myself all the time. And okay. it's kind of a weird, funny little thing. Yeah. One of our other connections is Long Island. Yes. Right? We do have a Long Island connection. Shout out to Long Island, Huntington, Shout out. and Oyster Bay. Yeah. Um, so my grandmother lived on Long Island her whole life. Mm-hmm. My dad's side of the family is from Long Island. And one of my clients in my previous role was an elderly woman um, out of Long Island. Mm-hmm. And I talked to her like I talked to my grandma. Yeah. Now- Side note, I had a great relationship with my grandma, right? She was kind of a well-respected matriarch of our family. And so, you know, this is a good example because I actually got along with her. Yeah. So when I talked to this client, right, I talked to this client the same way I talked to my grandmother. Yes. Right? And yeah. it makes it personal. Yeah. Right? And you build that relationship and you build that connection. Yeah. And then all the other business stuff, the money, the paychecks, name, the branding, the all yeah. that all is just a coincidence of delivering good service and good ethics right at the core. Yeah, no, I think you, you, that I couldn't have said it better. I mean, all of the rest of that comes if you are, are, you know, if there's an authenticity and an integrity and a trust in what you're, in what you're offering and in how you're showing up. Um, And, and, you know, I think it, it speaks to why integrity was, I think the first flagship value at paychecks, because without mm-hmm. all of that, the service, the innovation, the partnership, the respect, all of those other values don't have anything to, to be built on top of. So um, with that, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Um, you're going to come back and you're going to sit with us next month as well for our, our next conversation about integrity yeah. and ethics, where we'll bring in another guest who, to be determined. Ooh. We don't know who. Um Maybe one of those clients. No, I don't. I don't think we're ready for that yet. <laughs> but I want to thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely, and thank you for sell- selling me shoes ten years ago. Absolutely, They're thank awesome. you for having yes, me. Yes, LLB, <laughs> you hire good people, and so do paychecks. So do paychecks. <laughs> so thank you so much, Dan. Thanks. This podcast is property of Paychecks Inc. 2022. All rights reserved.